not going down just because of something some stupid adults are doing. Mobile suits. Monday, Monday. Camille's a man's name, and I'm a man! Uh, no carrots, please. Mobile suit? Roger that. Mobile suit. Mobile suit. Change. Although all enemies were defeated, Earth did not change one bit! The commander! <laughs> He's lost it! <laughs> every other day, every other day, every other day of the week is fine! You're a soldier here, aren't you? If you want to be more than just a grunt, you better learn to see the whole picture. Uh, yes, yes, sir. I'm the enemy, you idiot! Miss Matilda! Hey guys, welcome back to another mobile-rific episode of Fanholes Mobile Suit Mondays. Hey, what's up guys? This is Derek, Derek WC. I'm going to be one of your hosts tonight. And joining me tonight are two, count them, two of my fellow mobile suit enthusiasts. Why don't you guys give a shout out and let everybody know who's here tonight. Hey, it's Mike. Claudia! And this is Justin. I like how you phonetically spelled that in your little avatar where it's like it's 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 <laughs> like got the R's in it and everything. I love it. It's good. It's good stuff. So in case you haven't figured it out, Crawdia means we are talking about again Gundam Thunderbolt. And of course this is I guess this is season two, episode four, or I guess it's episode eight of Gundam Thunderbolt. And basically, I didn't do a whole hell of a lot of prep for this. We, you know, were informed kindly by Mike that the episode dropped a couple days ago. And I kind of s basically swiped this quick wiki synopsis that I can read to you guys so you kind of know what we're in for in this episode. And then we'll, uh, we'll discuss it a little bit. But basically... Here it goes. As tensions are high between the Spartan and the South Seas Alliance, Daryl's team is also having trouble in their hands finding their way out against a counterattack by the cult group. During the battle, several cultists break into the Spartan while Daryl manages to extract the Zeon spy out of the island. Meanwhile, Eo and Bianca Carlisle storm through the squadron of Dodai YS units to take back Crawdia, but they are thwarted by GOAT pilot Chow Ming. Despite the temporary victory, Eo learns the truth on who is running the South Seas Alliance. Dun dun dun! But yeah, that's basically the the lowdown on what went down in Gundam Thunderbolt Episode 8 or Season 2 Episode 4. And I think at this point I'd probably open it up to you guys. Like, I I mean, I, I, I've kind of been trying to keep tabs on when this lined up with the 
the manga and the anime and everything. And I, I, I think it's still pulling things from the manga that I've, I've managed to keep up with, but I, I think it's going to get to a point at least now where it's, it's getting past my, my manga knowledge as far as Thunderbolt goes. So there, there's some stuff I thought that I remembered from the manga, but maybe happened at different intervals in terms of, you know, timing and sequencing and everything. But I mean, you know, it, it was a pretty cool way. I mean, the way they framed it, you know, so that it could have kind of like this stunning climactic conclusion. Like, I think it was well-framed how they decided to end the episode with the reveal that the, the new type guy, Levon Fu was, was the guy in charge of the, crazy bunch of chanting monks and everything like that i didn't uh i don't i don't really like that whole like new type hypnosis thing yeah like i don't know like how to describe it like well like so this show takes place like right at the end of the like one year war and like i feel like new types weren't like that powerful then like like i Amaro and Lala like basically like don't even know what they're doing when they sort of you know reach out with their like new type senses and kind of converse on a like you know a level like that is beyond human comprehension or whatever and now there's like someone who can like harness his new type power as like hypnosis like I, I kind of feel like that takes away from characters like like Sirocco or something in Zeta who like you know, he didn't exactly use hypnosis, but he had some kind of, like, otherworldly, like, charm that, like, drew people to him. And, like, this is just flat out, like, Professor Xavier, like, shit or whatever. It's it's interesting, too, because I think, I think this is an example without focusing on the mobile suits, but in that same vein how you know we we constantly kind of say how it looks like these mobile suits don't belong in the universal century in the time frame that they're in and and in in another way it's it's kind of the same thing with the new types it's like maybe a new type could do it you know in in a different era you know this kind of mass Professor Xavier hypnosis or something like that, but it seems like they they sort of have jumped the gun with with this, like they do kind of with the you know the various mobile suits, like the whole idea of the Psycho Zaku, you know, like kind of jumping the gun for you know the Psycho Gundam and all that other stuff. It's like how how original can it be if you know you've had you know the the Psycho Zaku predating the, the Psycho Gundam, I guess. Yeah, just like I said about, like, the last episode with the act, like, even in this episode, the act guys have all, like, these weird attachments and stuff where I'm like, wait a minute, like, these were just, like, you know, things back in the, you know, they were just uh, things unto themselves back in the, like, original series, and now they have, like, all this tactical gear and stuff. Like, I don't know, it seems off to me. Do you have anything else you want to say about the whole the new type mass mind manipulation justin or, or anything that mike's been saying about the the act guys or mobile suits in this episode i don't have really have a problem with the guy being a new type but when he started using his power in that kind of first professor xavier type way like i kind of like i i feel like mike i was kind of like mm, i i don't i don't buy this it just seems like some you know some wacky thing they threw in there they were like hey you know like 
hey, Japanese Larry, like, what's something new we can do with new types? And they were like, make him like Professor X. And yeah, I'm not not really a fan of that. And, I, you know, I also, like, echo what Mike's saying about the act guys. I was just like, man, like, <laughs> these guys have everything. I mean, I really like that battle. Like, the whole sequence of them, like, you know, getting out of the forest, you know, going underwater, going through that ruined city, and then going up the that part of that ruined bridge like i thought that was a really great chase you know you want to talk about like music and stuff like in relation to like you know this whole series like that whole chase felt very frantic like well you know like jazz itself it, you know even though it's like daryl escaping like the whole thing seemed like really frantic and i was just like oh like this is like jazz like just you know you know for daryl and his escape but yeah i was just like man like how many like crazy wacky like super high-tech accessories do these guys have i mean it was it was cool it was a really nice battle but you know kind of like my guy was like mm, these are like super like super act guys like they're unstoppable or something like i guess i don't know i guess like if you go to like maybe hobby link japan or something i bet they've got like a new act guy like super accessory model kit or something a bit it also seems to have that syndrome of, you know, when, when the wing boys would get into the Leos and all of a sudden the Leos could take like, you know, 20 hits. But uh, if any other asshole was in the Leo, you know, it's like if any other asshole was in the act guy besides Daryl, he would get blown up with like one hit. But like, because it's Daryl and he's pulling out all the stops, you know, he's, he's basically, you know, using all the full potential of this mobile suit and trying to take out as many guys as he can and escape. And there's, there's also that weird, you talk about the music, there's that kind of funny contrast because we've still got that same theme of Daryl listening to the, the pop music in that one sequence where they're, they're fighting with the, the South Sea guys or whatever. And like, they're basically in this, like you said, sort of frantic state of warfare but yet there's this kind of, you know, bubblegummy pop music contrasting it almost kind of in a, you know, it, it's like a Kubrick kind of thing almost, you know, where they're, you know, doing singing in the rain while there's, you know, malicious rape and violence and in out, in out going on in the background. Like that whole kind of crazy contrast is still in this series, you know, and, and it seems fairly consistent and everything. I guess since you guys brought up the, the new type stuff and you weren't happy about Levin Foo you know, being this kind of cultist mass manipulator, like using the new type abilities in that fashion. Like, do you think the way it's done with, with Billy Hickam is, is a little better? Like just that he, he occasionally has these precognitive flashes and a lot of his team are like, Hey, listen to that guy. Like he, he's usually lucky. He gets us out of some shit. So let's do what he does type thing. Is that more to your liking in terms of how a, a new type should be portrayed in this in this particular era where the, the show is supposed to be set. Yeah, I, I really like that. And I think, you know, going back to what Mike said, like, I think that's how it would be portrayed in this era, you know, like right after the one year war, because new types, not really, not really a well-known thing. I feel like, so I, I feel like if you're on the battlefield, like there would be some guy there who they would, you know, their comrades would be like, Oh, like, listen to this guy. Like he's usually like a right on the money. He knows like where to fly. He knows where to shoot. You know, I, 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 I like that scene where he's just like fire right here. And, you know, they were just like, you know, do it. He's usually right. 
that's a really good contrast to like the crazy Professor Xavier guy to like the guy who, you know, he said himself like he didn't feel like he was a new type or something. Yeah, he he's he's kind of typically uncomplimentary to himself almost, you know, like like you're saying he doesn't he doesn't think he has like long shots luck power, but he he kind of does, you know. Yeah, and I also like that he was kind of in a way watching and maybe testing Daryl because he was like, all right, let's see what you can do without the Psycho Zako suit. Like, I really like that. He was just kind of like observing him. Like, you know, he, like, I have no doubt that he would have like stepped in and, you know, helped him out if like things really went sideways. But I, I like that he, he was kind of, you know, observing him and watching him and kind of like, you know, trying to figure out like, is Daryl really, is he kind of like me and has like, abilities or is he just or was it just the suit itself i like that 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 was an interesting sequence because there there's that kind of interplay between the two of them and the rest of the team where you know daryl does kind of get through that encounter through the skin of his teeth basically and and at the at the very end when he's underwater with that one last suit they're kind of like oh fuck like this guy still isn't fucking dead? Like, fuck. And then, of course, you know, Billy and the, the other team guys kind of finish that last guy off for them and everything. And and there's that kind of interplay between the two of them where they have that conversation where he's kind of like, wait, you, you were watching me? Like, you, you could have helped this whole time, but you, you were just fucking sitting back and taking a look, you know? And there was that kind of, you know, slight annoyance with you know like he says thank you but the way he says thank you is almost kind of like you know yeah thanks man like thanks a lot <laughs> thanks <you> assholes <laughs> yeah yeah and it, i i thought that was that it, it, it's interesting because the the acting in the scene reflects the actuality of of the feelings of you know the the undercurrent of the kind of seething kind of what the fuck, dude? But he doesn't say what the fuck. He he kind of says thank you. But it's like it's kind of cool the way the the guy can deliver the line. He says, "Oh yeah, you know, thanks so much." But it's more like you know, thanks a lot. You know, like you fucking dick. You know, like what's up with that? So yeah, I thought that was kind of cool. Not a huge fan of EO, I guess. I mean, I like the guy, but you know, clearly I I prefer Daryl. But I feel like he got like a really a lot of like really nice one-liners in this when he's like jumping around looking for Claudia because he was like you know like we don't accept religious solicitators and he's like jumping around killing those guys and then he was like yelling at Bianca he was like hey where are you at footstool I need you and all that stuff I, I like I like when when she says to him she's like you want to go for a swim you selfish prick like you know so I, I I thought some of the interplay there was pretty cool and it's 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 cool seeing him basically he's not necessarily in a state of desperation, but you can see there's sort of this frantic need to find that footship where Claudia is and how he's just basically, are, is she there? Is she in the window? No, fuck you. I'm killing you. You know, like, and he kind of does that from ship to ship to ship. And I, I think my favorite part was when Eo finally gets to the, the ship with, with her in it, and it's almost like, he's like, SAY MY NAME, BITCH! You know, yeah. <laughs> when he gets there, you know? And I thought that was kind of cool. Like, you know? Claudia! What did you guys think of the whole, like, sort of 
South Sea monk assault on the Spartan? Like, like, do you have any speculation on who the message is for that they're delivering and, and how they're, they were all kind of confused? Cause it's like, you got all these crazy chanting monks running around sticking little, you know, markers on the ship and everything. But in reality, they were just there to deliver basically a, a pouch to, you know, a, a secretly planted, you know, kind of agent among the the Spartan crew. I I was afraid like the traitor would be revealed to be Cornelius because I was like, oh man, like don't let it be Cornelius. And like we 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 don't see who it is, you know, we just see their shadow. But like I like that sequence, even though they were like on the monitor, they're like, you know, like th these guys are barely trained, and you know they're kind of like in this kind of uh, prolonged firefight. The whole thing with like. I guess those were like maybe seals, like you know, you kind of see that in like Sentai or maybe like Japanese films or like some kind of like, or maybe like in Inuyasha or something where they have like, you know, the magical talisman and it's just like some kind of seal or something. I was like, are they trying to like seal the ship or, or something? Like they think it's evil? Like I don't get it. And then like you know, you see it's just, I don't know. I guess it's just something they're doing or some kind of wacky distraction to make sure they their agent delivers the the thingy but yeah i don't i don't know what to think of like exactly what that little item was or who it was delivered to like i liked the episode and there was like there was a lot of action and there were some really nice battles and some nice animation but like i feel like we didn't learn but maybe just a tiny sliver of information about what was going on and then it was all kind of like at the very end that yeah. we learned some yeah. of this stuff because i was like i kind of felt like ea was like yeah like let's Let's see more of Claudia. Like, I want to know how she survived. I want to know what she's doing with these guys. Like, I, you know, I'm kind of like EO. Like, I want to know. Like, get to it. And then we kind of, I guess, learned why she's with them at the end because she's been mind zonked. But still, I'm just like, well, that's that's just like a very tiny like scrap of information they've thrown out as as the episode is ending. Yeah, it seems it seems like they finally caught up with the manga in the sense that like there's that one sequence with Daryl where the, the 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 spy that they pick up like he shows them the image of JJ Sexton. So it's like not only is the Psychozaku with the South Sea Alliance and all recolored and you know I guess I don't know Generation Two bastardation colors or whatever with like the yellows <laughs> and all that shit, you know. And uh, but you've got you know apparently like like kind of like the the manga had hinted at way earlier you know when I, in my reading of it you know JJ Sexton made it out and and obviously they're using some of his his talents and skills to to help with that mobile suit and everything I I guess I was the other thing I was kind of hoping for was I I wasn't sure if you know because I was thinking like I think this is the next set of four episodes like I was presuming this is going to be the last episode we see of thunderbolt for a while until like a new batch of them shows up or something so i guess i was hoping for a little more either conclusion or or maybe a, a potential passing in the night between eo and daryl but i mean that they're, they're even though they're they're on a trajectory maybe will where they'll end up you know reuniting in battle you know like it it just didn't seem like it even came close to getting there in this episode, you know, and that there was still too much story and, and sort of plot to cover. So, I mean, I, I assume that's going to come later, but like, like I was saying earlier, I mean, I feel like this kind of 
you know, like Justin was saying, the 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 action and and battles were quick paced and fun to watch and everything. But I I feel like this kind of has caught up with at least the manga that I've you know the parts of the manga that I've read. And so I'm I'm kind of in in the dark on where the story's going next or even when the next you know anime episode will be if there will be more coming like if there's going to be more of season two or if it's just going to be you know we have to wait another couple years for another four episodes or whatever my hope for like the next set or batch of episodes or whatever they throw at us is like i'm kind of hoping that we'll get a scene of like you know eo and daryl meeting in battle and then they'll we'll get some like rabble fusion and they'll team up against that Psycho Zaku or something. Mm, yeah, maybe maybe like Levon Fu can be the common thing that that brings them together to sort of fight in you know as a as a pair of rivals or something like that. That'd be interesting. Yeah. Yeah, that's definitely what I'd like to see. I mean, like like Justin said, like Eo's kind of an asshole, but he's technically like the other main character. Like one, both of them are the main characters. It's interesting though because it seems like Eo is brought into it to help mind fuck Claudia, who they know is working for this kind of crazy cultist organization. But I'm I'm kind of wondering, other than Daryl being on the same mission, probably presumably to recover jj sexton and the psycho zaku i'm I'm kind of wondering like what else is in it for daryl you know like in terms of like his own arc i guess but i guess i guess it's never i i, I guess maybe the 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 uh goals of of uh zeon have never exactly aligned with making daryl happy in the first place so i guess i i should be too shocked but it, it's one of those things where it seems like EO definitely has a lot more emotional investment in the outcome of this story because Claudia is, you know, she's been revealed to be alive and, 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 you know, they have a past and all that kind of stuff. Whereas I, I, I'm kind of wondering, like, is EO being involved going to make things a little more personal for Daryl? Like, I, I wonder what Daryl's emotional connection to the whole scenario is going to be or if there will be one for him my my only thought about that is maybe since what's his name can is like professor xavier maybe he could somehow fix carla's mind or something like if daryl brought him that that's the only way i could kind of see him really kind of like that that he can help with her recovery basically and that's where his that's where his connection comes from. That's a good idea. I, I didn't even, that didn't even occur to me really, but I suppose either, either Levon Fu could offer that to him and, and, and create some kind of discord between the rival fusion that we're foreseeing or, or maybe that's just his thing of, Oh, well, once we capture the psycho Zaku and this, this, uh, you know, new type renegade cultist guy, we can bring him back and, and use him to, to help Carla. Yeah, I, I could see that either way. I do find it funny that, like, the Atlas Gundam didn't even show up in this episode. And I know it's because yeah, it got wrecked yeah. last episode, but, you know, you'd expect it being, you know, the main Gundam. Well, maybe maybe if, if it was repaired by this point, it'd be too, you know, Jesus Yamato powerful to... To, to you know like maybe you couldn't have had the sequence where all the 
the monks, you know, gang up on EO and do the electrocution thing or whatever. Like, you couldn't have the whole, ooh, moment so that they can sort of prolong this this agony with, with him and yeah. Claudia, right? I think... I was wondering if they're ever going to explain how Claudia survived. I mean, didn't she get shot and thrown out into space? I mean, I'm assuming that the the South Sea monks picked her up because they they apparently like like I I know it's not very well explained in the visual images that we've seen in this anime, but I, I think the idea was a lot of them were recovering either dead bodies that were wrapped up or whatever. And that's at least the way I remember them in the manga recovering J.J. Sexton, because it was assumed like, oh, this guy's another dead guy in a life pod. And then it turns out, oh, whoa, no, he's alive. You know, and I, I'm imagining it's the same idea with Claudia, where they, they think she's another dead body that they're about to throw in the incinerator. And, and then it turns out she's not as dead as they thought. I mean, that that's my... That's my main thought. I mean, where I don't know if that explains to your satisfaction. You know, it's it's like one of those like you know Batman gets shot like four thousand times, but he's still you know he gets his back broken and then he just does a pretzel on the fucking brick wall and he's like, nope, <laughs> my back's not broken no more. I'm cool. You know, I don't know if that's acceptable enough. You know, but but I'm I'm guessing that if if there is any detail to it, it it'll be something along those lines that you know she she was near death she was wrapped up in one of those mummified thingamabobs and they were about to chuck her in the incinerator and she was like hey hold on there man i'm still i'm still i'm still kicking and then you know maybe <laughs> maybe the you know the new type dude and and you know combination of you know monk recovery and and the right you know smelling salts and all that other shit it's like okay now she's now she's cool after you know six months of recovery or whatever they were gonna throw her into the thing and she was like i still function exactly exactly but yeah i mean i i mean overall i kind of enjoyed the episode i don't i don't know that i have too much more to say about it since these are as we we often kind of comment these are kind of short and sweet and to the point you know it was enjoyable i thought there were like you were saying that that uh, eo had some really fun lines and everything and i i even think bianca had some some cool lines as well you know almost almost kind of a a she almost says it in kind of a she, that she's getting a little jealous, you know, that's the undercurrent there of, you know, it's like this past flame of EO shows up and they were just having this sort of, you know, we, we were already kind of discussing how, you know, Cornelius, Bianca and EO were having their own little love triangle. Well, now it's like that, you know, it made it this, this square where, you know, now she's, she's the one competing for EO as opposed to, you know, Cornelius and, and EO kind of competing for her. So, you know, obviously that that made some of her her comments kind of a little uppity and, and you know, maybe have that undercurrent of, you know, jealousy in, in a lot of her dialogue in this episode. The animation's still pretty gorgeous. Yeah. Well, I don't I don't I don't think we had to wait like too long for like season two. Like I don't think it was like that long away. No, no, not not that long. So I'm sure the third set of episodes will be around maybe like by the end of the year. I'm I'm kinda of surprised. Like I, I, I didn't know it was gonna be as long as it was, but maybe when all said and done it'll be like a 
12 or 13 episode series or something like that. I think by this point, the, the, the manga will be released stateside before any new episodes are, or, or maybe they'll, by, by that point, they'll be in tandem, but I guess we'll, we'll see what happens. But, you know, I, I essentially like this is, I don't know. This is, this is, you know, entertaining, but, but I think it, it's kind of like the middle point of a storyline. So I, I, you know, you kind of do feel like you're left a, a little bit hanging, but I'm sure, you know, it, it's just the nature of how we're covering this and, you know, sort of episode by episode and, and how, you know, these are being released. So I, I think, you know, it's probably a positive thing that we're, we're eager for more, but we just don't. You know, it's you know, in this age of you know, quote unquote, instant gratification, it's like, well, we, you know, it, it, you know, the episodes aren't, you know, made yet or quite finished yet. So, so we'll, I guess, we'll we'll see them when we see them. Trekker Talk, a fan podcast devoted to the adventures of 23rd century bounty hunter Mercy St. Clair from the pages of Trekker Comics by creator, writer, and artist Ron Randall. I'm Darren. And I'm Ruth. We'll be discussing the stories, characters, and art in this excellent retro sci-fi adventure series, as well as having side conversations about other areas of fandom. We hope you'll join us as we travel from the dangerous back streets of New Gallif to the depths of outer space and everywhere in between. Trekker Talk is available at podbean.com and on iTunes and Stitcher. Find us at trekkertalk.com. I, I think that's probably a good place to, to end this on. If anybody has any comments, questions, and or concerns... Of course, they can reach us at fanholespodcast at gmail.com. We're on the fanholespodcast.blogspot.com. And if you enjoy listening to Fanholes Mobile Suit Mondays, of course, please check out all our spinoff shows like Sentai Saturdays, Toku Thursdays, Transformers Tuesdays, Comics Motherfucker, Do You Read Them, Big in Japan, where we talk about anime, and the Fanholes podcast proper. And hopefully, if all works out, we should actually be leading into a new spin-off podcast called Justice Like Lightning, a Thunderbolts podcast, because we've been doing Thunderbolts hopefully all month long, and uh, hopefully we will wrap up the month with uh, the first episode of that new show. So check those out, and until the next time, this is going to be Derek, Derek WC, signing off. It's Mike signing off. And this is Justin. I don't know, some of these Looney Tunes next door are having a party or something, so first I thought somebody was having a domestic squabble or something, but I realized it's just a bunch of morons at a party or something so who knows I, my, my end may be a little noisy as well depending on the background noise and stuff so i'm not i think I'm it's not it's like, not, not I anything think i can really control too much so i'm not going to stress out about it yeah like it's i think it's time for a domestic squabble put on the techno music
Shut up, bitch. Go fetch me a turkey pot pie. Kill the owl.